and welcome to the Game Podcast from The Times. I'm Natalie Sawyer. Now, Gab Marcotti is away enjoying his Easter weekend, but we are here dutifully reporting on a big weekend of Premier League action. And with me in the studio from The Times, it is Gary Jacob and also Alan Smith. And down the line, we welcome Paul Hurst. Later on, we'll be looking at the race for the top four, which it seems nobody wants to win. But we start with a look ahead to the Manchester derby following a horrendous afternoon for United at Goodison Park. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's side were beaten 4-0 by Everton on uh, Sunday. When asked after the game if the players cared enough, Solskjaer said he, he didn't know. Alan, you were there. What did you make of what you saw? Um... It was disgraceful. Um, some Manchester United players just didn't care once they fell behind to the Richarlison goal, which you know was excellent. We should also make a point that Everton were really, really mm. good, but ultimately there were certain United players who just did not care. Um, several of them were quite happy to just walk around, not really get involved, and you know it was Solskjaer sort of saying, "I don't know if they care." Um, I think he does because he was asked this question about you know the reaction in the dressing room and what you know can they come out fighting against City on Wednesday night and he said I don't know um, but I have asked them they've given me an answer but I won't give you the answer that they've given me you'll need to ask them yourselves which sort of you know reading between the lines suggests that he knows there are some people in that squad who just you know don't care don't appreciate that they're playing for this club as he likes to kind of throw in at every press conference so you know it was just probably the worst performance since Ferguson retired I reckon that bad yeah yeah, yeah. Um, there were there were a couple of people who sort of tweeted me saying oh you know it's not even the worst performance this season because you know the the 3-1 defeat away to West Ham was dreadful but you know scored in that game um, there were certain points where they put together some coherent passages and yesterday nothing. It was 86th minute before they had shot on target and only attempt you know, Jordan Pickford easy save for him to make and you know, that was it. There was there was nothing else on show. Well Gary Neville gave a, a passionate criticism of what he called a rancid United performance, highlighting their lack of work rate and seeming to suggest there were bad influences in that side. Paul, who do you think he was talking about? Well I thought it was interesting, he, he didn't name names, he said he was going to keep his counsel for another week, didn't he? Um, so I can bet after next Sunday's match, if United don't beat Chelsea, if they don't beat City, Gary Neville will probably you know, have a really, really good round. So it'll probably make for, for quite good viewing. <laughs> but just just watching that team, you can see yesterday that he's probably on about people like Pogba, like Anthony Martial, who never seems to be you know, happy on the pitch or kind of motivated at all. Um, Nemanja Matic, the way he let Gilfie Sigurdsson go for the second goal was just criminal really he was so lethargic in his attitude um, so those are the main players I just think the, the there are signs that bad habits are sort of creeping into the team um, recently you know they've, they've, they're not running as as much as they used to like Everton ran four kilometres more than United in the first half alone yesterday and that that's just not acceptable you know they need to um, improve a lot because Otherwise, they could get a real hiding against City on Wednesday. Gary, do you agree with those players that Paul's suggested are, are the problem? Yeah, um, but probably um, I'd probably include some of the, the, the defenders in it generally. I, I look at sort of some of the, the, the players in that team have been there since Ferguson and 
I'm not sure they were good enough then. And it felt earlier the season was a much bigger job, and and I think a lot of people seem to get carried away in what Schalke had done early on. And I mean, it's a shame because people like Marshall could be such an amazing talent, um, and it's, it's a pity, as Paul said, he's not sort of um, he doesn't look happy because when he's firing and Rash was firing and Pog was firing, you feel like there's, there's it's such an impressive team, but. It feels like a, a, a really big summer for them, regardless of whether they make the Champions League or not. I know people obviously debate whether they should have given Schalke good a job when it was too early, but that, that's done now. You've, you've just got to accept that they obviously need to kind of decide what they're going to do. So who's going to go, who's going to stay and, and make those decisions quickly. If they were going to stick with Schalke, they need to sit for a few years to kind of at least give him a few transfer windows to weed out what he needs to weed out. Um, same as Pochettino had and same as Emery will need just to kind of give them the time to weed out because you can't get you can't do it in one transfer window it's not 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 physically possible Mm. another player who has come in for criticism is David De Gea United have now conceded more goals this season than in any previous Premier League campaign Alan how much of that is on him I don't think he's been as sort of best in recent weeks but you need to factor in that the defenders in front of him just haven't performed. It's, it's 11 games now without a clean sheet. The last clean sheet was that Liverpool um, scoreless draw in late February. Yesterday, he... You know, it's tricky. Some of the goals, you, you couldn't really fault him. I think maybe he could have done a little bit better for the second. Uh, like, Sigurdsson's finish was kind of, you know, pretty well placed in the corner, but it is from from long range. And he could, you know, you could argue that he should be getting across to save it. Um, there was also that sort of corner from Sigurdsson uh, I think it was it was 3-0 um, which uh, this kind of really amazing in-swing corner which almost crept in at the near post and De Gea got across and you know I'm sure it looked really good and that he kind of volleyed the ball off the line with his with his right foot but initially he seemed distracted he was sort of like watching the players kind of in front of him lined up in the six-yard box rather than waiting for the for the ball to come in so you know you could argue if you're kind of you know being a little bit harsh that he, you know, should be more alert to, to those situations, even though he made a save. Um, but again, you, you need to sort of, you know, lay a lot of blame at the sort of the feet of these defenders who are making these basic errors. Just you know, even simple things like, like Solskjaer, Most of his press conference after the game yesterday kind of focused on the basics and you know how they weren't running and you know just a lot of them were unwilling to put their body on the line and you could see from sort of Sigurdsson's goal that the way Matic stepped off and sort of invited him to have a shot you know you, you need to sort of step in there and you need to at least try and make things difficult for the attacker um, so yeah I you know there deserves a little bit of the blame but but you know just to reiterate he's playing in front of a, a back four or you know a back three in the second half yesterday that just is not performing. Well, they host City on Wednesday night, who recovered from their Champions League exit by beating Spurs 1-0 on Saturday. Phil Foden with the only goal of the game. They lost Kevin De Bruyne to a hamstring injury. So, Paul, can Foden step up again this week? If he's picked, he will do, yeah. I think we've, you know, ever since England, the under-17s won the World Cup, uh, the under-17s won the World Cup a couple of years ago, we've been regularly asking Pep every week you know pretty much is he ready you know when will he be ready to play in big games in start big games and it's kind of really annoyed Guardiola because we keep kind of pushing it and he keeps saying he's you know he needs time he needs time etc um, but you know on Saturday he did prove that he's he's ready to become a regular for this team um, if you look at the the goal obviously he only scored from a couple of yards but his movement um, to create that space for him to head in was um, was very impressive. He just 
seems to have got this all-round game intelligence that is very, you know, that you wouldn't expect from an 18-year-old. He, he picks out the, the spaces in it to run into himself, and his, his passing is very good as well. He's got a great, great vision on him. Um, so if he is selected, then, yeah, I'm sure he'll, he'll play well. Um, obviously, it would be a gamble for Pep. I can sort of see him bringing Fernandinho into the team and, and, and um, David Silva uh, instead, to be honest. But we definitely saw on Saturday that he's ready for uh, regular first-team football for them. Well, with regards to Manchester United then, Paul, let me ask you, what do you think is United's best team? What's the best team that could possibly get a result against City this week? I, I genuinely, I, I've not... I, I don't know what their best team is at the moment. I don't think Solskjaer knows what their best team is. I just think they're, you know, the thing is that Solskjaer, he's tinkered with the tactics so much, you think that's got to have some kind of effect on the, the players as well. He's played, you know, he started off playing 4-3-3, then he went to a diamond, 4-4-2, then he went 4-2-3-1. Um, so that's kind of messed with the, you know, consistency a little bit, I think. Um I just think for United to be playing at their best, they've got to have Rashford, Lingard and Martial all playing at the top of their game um, in a front three. I think that's that's the only way they can do it. But all those three players are out of form at the moment, um, particularly Martial, who just doesn't seem to be interested uh, whatsoever. So, you know, all he's got to find a way of geeing those three up and getting United to hit City on the counter and and punish them for them to have, you know, any chance of getting any results. Alan, let me ask you, from what you saw on Sunday, (laughs) any positives for United to take from that in terms of any guaranteed starters for the game on Wednesday? Um, At a stretch, I would say Scott McTominay. Um, You know, at least he sort of showed that he cared, um, which, you know, is really clutching at straws um, with that. I mean, beyond that, you could make an argument for the rest of them to be dropped. Obviously, it's impossible for, for all of them to miss out on Wednesday night, but, you know, the, McTominay at least showed he cared. Um, Dalot showed, sort of, you know, didn't play particularly well, but at least there was, you know, some effort there. Um, Rashford tried, but at the same time, there were, you know, Rashford showed signs of frustration at 1-0 when he had this he had this free kick from about 40 yards and there was sort of you know a bunch of players lined up in the box expecting him to play the ball in and he decided to shoot and he shot miles over which is you know just a, a sort of an interesting kind of snapshot in terms of maybe it's a case of him you know people make the argument that because he's sort of you know has grown up with United maybe he you know felt sort of a need to kind of carry the burden or whatever but such basic poor decision making is kind of you know a massive concern and I really really can't see a way that they can beat City on Wednesday night unless City you know completely failed to turn up if City turn up you know I, I really think it's a foregone conclusion Well it's a question that we've been asking for weeks I'm going to ask all of you how motivated do you think United will be knowing if they win they could obviously hand Liverpool the title, Gary. Gosh, um, they should do it for themselves for their own pride of a the result on the weekend, and they still actually got a chance to Chambers League football. But it, you know, you've seen this down over the years where one club can help another rival by by getting a result, and 
the, the players really take that on board and you know, will Shelska really go in the dressing room and say I don't want you to play because you can hand Liverpool the title I mean he's not going to say that is that going to be in their heads you know I can't imagine that they, you know when they cross that line it's they have to play for pride and 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 they have got something to play for I mean, it's not as if Tottenham Chelsea and Arsenal are kind of coasting over their line so there is still something to play for and if they if they beat City and they beat Chelsea then suddenly they, they have got a chart you know so I'm not sure I buy the idea that players can suddenly just switch it off I mean maybe I'm wrong I mean Hersey's probably got a better idea because he covers the actual covers the club but um um I don't think they can just switch it off Paul, players Paul then let's ask you what do you think I think uh, just as like Gary says you know they can't they need to win this. <laughs> they need need to get in the top four next season. So I don't think any, you know, the idea of this handing Liverpool the, you know, if they rolled over and helped City win the title ahead of Liverpool, I don't think that'll enter their minds. You know, they need to win to get themselves in the top four. They need to restore their own pride because it's, you know, it's just embarrassing, humiliating what happened um, at Everton. So, you know, I don't think the title racing will come into their minds. They need to win to you know, get their mojo back and at least show some kind of fight because, you know, if, if they don't, if they just will on Wednesday night, I can see the, um, you know, I've got visions of Old Trafford being sort of half empty by, you know, with five minutes to go, something like that. And that's not what um, any of the players will want. Alan? Yeah, I agree. It's a, it's about sort of restoring their own pride. I'm not sure if some of them actually care enough because if, if you think of yesterday, you'd sort of expected some sort of reaction in the second half and it it just wasn't there so um in terms of factoring in whether you know winning will give liverpool the title i don't really don't think that matters i mean for most of those players i doubt many of them have a full appreciation of of the rivalry between supporters as well so you know i think it's about going out showing that they care and really in terms of the long-term future proving to Solskjaer that they you know they deserve a place in, in the squad going forward because he may he also made the point yesterday that he sort of has promised that he will be successful in the future and there are certain people in that dressing room who won't be part of that um, so a lot of those players are now genuinely playing for a place in the squad in terms of next season This season, with your subscription to The Times and The Sunday Times, you can watch every highlight and every goal from every game in the Premier League. It's just £8 for an eight-week trial. Outside the top two, it was a bad Saturday and Sunday for sides trying to qualify for the Champions League. United lost, as did Spurs, as did Arsenal, beaten 3-2 at home to Crystal Palace. Chelsea host Burnley on Monday night, but at the time of recording, there are just three points separating third from sixth. Gary, let's start with Arsenal. Unai Emery says it's still in their hands. How do you rate their chances? If they'd won yesterday, I would have thought they would get over the line because they could afford to lose one of the away games the three away games they've got. Now, I'm not so sure. I thought he made a terrible misjudgment yesterday with his team selection and Mustafi cost the team yet again. So it's probably in the balance. The only thing that's probably in their favour is is the fact that neither Chelsea or Man United look like they're necessarily going to get over the line without a problem, without their own stumble. So you kind of feel that Tottenham have probably got enough to get over the line. Um, although if Arsenal had won yesterday and Chelsea win tonight, that could have put a few nerves in, in Tottenham's camp but I kind of feel Tottenham will get over the line and then it's whether in inverted commas the better team out of Chelsea and Arsenal neither particularly good really so um, 
I think we were all saying yes, the game is very strange selection for his team. Um, you win the game it's front of you on that day not the game that's that's a, a game away which he's obviously thinking about his changes in the rotation and he just got it very badly wrong mm-hmm. um, especially against sort of Zaha's pace and he, he exposed Jenkinson to, to that and exposed Mustafi to that and it, it, it just seemed a, a really strange decision um, he set an anxious mood inside the stadium from the start from when people saw the teams and then after about 15 minutes a couple of set pieces there wasn't you know the, the mood got even more anxious and um and you know Arsenal's away record is pretty poor be it they won at Watford last week held by helped by the red card but you know they just about got over the line there without playing particularly well and now they've got to really beat Wolves which maybe might not look as difficult as it did a few months ago after the semi-final but then they got Leicester on the weekend on Sunday, and that's going to be quite a difficult game. That's Jamie Vardy. I mean, it's his one club he wants to score against is Arsenal, and there's a little bit of bad blood between them going back a few years ago to when Arsenal beat them in the year that um, Leicester won the title and and that sort of late goal. And it feels like there's a bit of an undercurrent, and yeah, that's not going to be an easy game for them. Just quickly on that, does it does it help their cause the fact that Manchester United? play Chelsea this coming weekend yeah of course and I mean this is obviously going to get this afternoon there's no guarantee Chelsea are necessarily going to beat Burnley tonight you know I think having seen Chelsea a few times recently you you don't know how they're going to turn up either so you could even say do the English clubs even deserve four places in the Champions League because the the fourth team really is, is is not particularly good it's still in Arsenal's hands but they've made the job a lot harder uh, for themselves um and if they don't manage to pick up at least four points from Wolves and Leicester, I, I can't see them getting there. Do, do you agree with that, though, Alan, that the Premier League probably shouldn't deserve four teams in the Champions League? Um, no, I don't agree, because <laughs> if you look at you know, the, I mean, the, pro- the progress of, of, the play, of the clubs in Europe itself, um, and you, know, you could look and go a bit wider into it and say that you know, if you're to give another one of, say, you know, one of the the other top five leagues in Europe, or say a lesser league, an additional place, hypothetically speaking, you're not going to be, you know, enhancing the Champions League. I think because if you look at sort of Germany, obviously you've got sort of two teams. Italy, you've basically got one, and then the rest. Um, Spain, you've got two, two and a half with Atletico. So I think you know, it, while this sort of fourth, fifth, and sixth place teams in the Premier League season have you know, obvious deficiencies and at various points have struggled to differing extents. There's still, you know, a level above most of the competition in Europe. I would agree with that. I just, I just think there, um, it's just a poor standard yeah, of, no, in that group. No, it is. But and, it, uh, comparatively, uh, uh, I mean, for Arsenal to get by in Napoli without conceding a goal was yeah. quite a, a, you know, a poor Arsenal team got to the semi-final last year. So it feels like the Europa League is is a really poor competition, which you could win if you're a moderately decent team. And it feels like um, maybe there, there aren't that many good teams in Europe, and perhaps as there were in the past, maybe. Maybe there's one per league or one or two per league and not three or four per league, maybe. Well, let's get back onto the race for the top four then. Uh, Tottenham currently in third. Three of their four remaining games are at home. But do you think, Alan, the Champions League semi-finals could get in the way? Um, possibly, but then I also think that Arsenal and Chelsea being in the Europa League semi-finals, you could apply that that sort of idea to them as well, um, especially when you know Emery has quite, you know, this quite impressive history with the Europa League. Chelsea... You know, have you know have had a relatively 
decent sort of draw in terms of their progress to semi-finals Europa League um, but you know they're at this stage now they're three games away from albeit the, the, the second tier European competition but you know a decent trophy to win so I think you, you know you could you could argue that Spurs playing Ajax may distract them from league games but I think it, it, it also applies to, to Arsenal and Chelsea and really because Spurs have been you know, it doesn't necessarily translate in, the t- in terms of the points total, but I think they have been throughout the season far better than the other three sides. So, you know, I think they're um, locked in to uh, to finish in the top four. In terms of the other position, um, I'm not too sure yet. So for you, maybe just one place is up for grabs then? Yeah, I think fourth position is up for grabs. I would say Spurs, I really do fancy Spurs to to sort of nail down third position. Uh, and Gary, let me I'll ask you both, of the four teams then that are still challenging for the two or, or one, in Alan's case, um, place left, Spurs, Arsenal, Chelsea and Manchester United, who needs to qualify for the Champions League most? You've suggested it should be Arsenal. Yeah, I only, I mean, I think obviously there's a, the Champions League gives you financial clout and it also gives you a way of attracting players. And I think um, if Arsenal have a third season out there, that's quite a, a big blow. You know, their commercial income doesn't compete with Man United's. Chelsea have got the possibility of selling Hazard to raise money and probably will and, and probably have got other money and Spurs will probably get back in and plus I'll have money from the Champions League from this campaign. It just feels like financially Arsenal can't afford that blow and if Emery wants to rebuild his squad, he's going to need modest money or decent money to kind of do it as well as getting out the players he wants and... and um, I think you only have to look at Spurs' financial results recently to realise the, the effect of the Champions League and you, you pretty much can add 50, 60, 70 million into your bottom line without without many costs and so it's just the, the financial effect is massive really and, um, and Arsenal need to be to be back in there you know from Chelsea's perspective, yeah, I mean they've obviously also got quite a, a turbulent summer ahead, but that obviously there's it's going to be linked into what happens with the transfer mm-hmm. transfer ban, and that, there's a wider thing there about Sari's future, and you know <laughs> there'll be many Chelsea fans who perhaps almost don't want to get there because they don't want Sari there. I mean he's still not really turned over the, he's not really sort of got the fans on his side at all, really, and it feels like he's had a few good results recently and they've quietened down, but it's just it's waiting to bubble up there again. And I I think even if he got there, I don't think there'll be a section of fans who want him there next year because they just feel a little bit bored of the football he plays. Alan, what do you think then? Um, Yeah, I agree with Gary in terms of of Arsenal. Um, I think Spurs as well, um, even though I'm pretty confident that they will make it because of the stadium. We've mentioned it a few times in the past few weeks that, you know, it is crucial for them to be in the Champions League next season. Um, Chelsea... I mean, you need to factor in as well the sort of situation with Abramovich, which I think is quite interesting um, in terms of how distant he is. He has become. It'll be quite curious to see what happens over the summer. And in terms of United, I think they. Uh, Gary mentioned it a little bit earlier that you know it's going to need. It looks like Solskjaer is going to need more than a couple of transfer windows to really put together you know his sort of team. Um, so it wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing for for them to miss out yes people would argue that you know the Europa League is extra challenging because you have to go into that Thursday Sunday cycle but ultimately you know you can coast through a Europa League group while playing the reserves if you get you know a kind enough draw so yeah I would say Spurs and Arsenal you know it matters more for them to to finish in the top four 
It's time now for our weekly predictions game where Gab Marcotti and I pick five matches from the Easter weekend and try to predict the correct score. Now it's one point for a correct result and three points for a correct scoreline. And it's fair to say that neither of us foresaw a 4-0 win for Everton against Manchester United. In fact, we both predicted a draw in that one. I correctly predicted a win for Liverpool while Gab, for some reason, gambled and went for Cardiff to get a draw. Uh, He also took a punt on Accrington to draw with the League One leaders Luton but I was again successful in predicting a Luton victory but while we both went for a Manchester City win Gab predicted the correct scoreline of 1-0 so that was three points for him 3-3 overall so it all came down to Paris on Sunday night and while Gab took a chance on Monaco getting a draw I predicted that PSG would win securing their eighth title and I've extended my lead to 18-12 for the season. I just wish Gab was here to hear it, although I'm sure he would contest it in some way. But anyway, I lead 18-12. All right, it's time now for some quick hits. Let's start with Newcastle, who are officially safe after a 3-1 victory over Southampton on Saturday evening. Iosi Perez with his first ever hat-trick for the Magpies. Alan, what do you make of Perez's contribution in a Newcastle shirt? Um, I think initially I was sceptical about Perez as a player in terms of you know what does he really offer. But in recent weeks, I think he's really stepped up. And, you know, hat-trick obviously was very, very good on Saturday evening. But the most impressive thing I found is his work rate. He just never seems to stop running. And, you know, he, he genuinely commits himself for the cause and you know obviously that's something which you know supporters love and, and I, I know George Colkin has written in this morning's paper about you know Paris's future um, and it doesn't seem too certain but I think he has been a massive asset to Newcastle in, in recent weeks and you know without him they're a far far weaker team. We've mentioned Palace's win at Arsenal. Wilfred Zaha, instrumental at the Emirates, and Zaha spoke this weekend about wanting to play on the Champions League stage. Gary, will Palace hold on to him this summer? Um, he wanted to go last summer and they, and they probably would have accepted a bit if the money had been there and I think their biggest difficulty is finding anyone who's willing to pay the type of money they want um, for a player who may not be even guaranteed to be a first-team player at many of the top four team so it's really difficult to see which club he could actually go to and which club we're willing to pay 60 70 million pounds you know whether Steve Parrish is willing to take a, a lower a lower price I think Tottenham felt last year that he that maybe if he was 20 25 30 million they would have but when the price went some ridiculous they obviously they weren't interested so he's now 26 I think Zaha's feeling it's sort of almost not now or never but it's, if it's going to happen a move it's got to happen in the next year really from Palace's perspective, if they lose him and Wan-Bissaka, that's quite a big blow. You can have all that money, but you've A, got to invest it correctly. Um, sometimes I think with Zaha, he, he gets free reign at Palace and everyone overlooks all the things he doesn't do so well because he does other things well, but he won't get that licence at a bigger club. And I think a bigger club, all those little things will come out glaring. I, I'm generally not sure which bigger club he could actually play for. Brian Fraser, another player in demand, was frustrated after Bournemouth lost at home to relegated Fulham, saying they're good one week and a shambles the next. Alan, does this inconsistency reflect badly on Eddie Howe? Um, I think there's a little bit. They've been hampered quite a bit by injuries, particularly defensive injuries, but even throughout the season before those, 
those injuries happened, you really have no idea what to expect from Bournemouth. They look, some weeks they can look very, very good, and others they, particularly defensively, can look all over the place. Um, so I could kind of understand where, where Fraser's coming from. They just seem, you know, they're actually really entertaining to watch because because of the fact you know you've no idea what to expect. I think they've really struggled... I know that they lost the Fulham at home at the weekend, but they've really struggled away as well, and particularly against the bigger teams. They just don't seem to to be capable of sort of mixing with them. And you know, it's sort of a given if, if Bournemouth go away to a top six team, there really is only only one result. So you know, it'll, it'll be an interesting summer for them because they need to strengthen defensively. Um, obviously, Nathan Ake has been you know outstanding for two seasons now, and he, he sort of consistently wins their sort of Player of the Month award, but around him the rest of that defence just doesn't inspire any confidence Brighton still can't score but they do take a point from Molyneux ending their five game losing streak to pull three points clear of Cardiff and the relegation zone Gary will Chris Hutton's men get over the line uh, just I think only because they've got a three point advantage over Cardiff and Cardiff have probably got two games they can they can win they've got Fulham Saturday and they've got Palace so they can you know realistically they might think they can get six points um but Brighton have probably have got Newcastle at home and if they beat them that's probably going to be enough and they'll stay up on goal difference um but obviously I know Chris Hutton has, has had some criticism from fans which seems um remarkably unfair given the job he's done and the resources he's got um and sometimes when you see fans doing that you, you think back to Alan Kirbishley and Charlton all those years ago when, when people were saying well we should be pushing for Europe as Charlton fans and you look where they are now and it's sort of people don't sort of see what's in front of them and, and see the negative not the positive remember you can subscribe to the times and the sunday times to enjoy award-winning journalism online and on your smartphone or tablet it is just a pound a week for an eight-week trial search the times subscription for more information and we'll be back on thursday after that manchester derby and ahead of manchester united versus chelsea the game is brought to you by the times for more information and more podcasts from the times head to thetimes.co.uk 